This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm your host, Courtney Kosak, and today we have an awesome TGIF edition. Uh, Steve Hernandez, one of my faves, is going to be joining me as guest co-host. It does not get any better than him. (laughs) I love that dude. Um, And we are going to interview Kayla Tange. She's an exotic dancer. She does burlesque. She's also a performance artist who does this really cool, thought-provoking work. Uh, She goes by the stage name Coco Ono, which I freaking love. Uh, She told me it comes from her love of Coco Chanel and Yoko Ono, (laughs) two of the best bitches known to humankind ever. Um, So that's dope. Um, Anyway, uh, the interview's so rad. Let's get right into it. Awesome. Steve, Big Hearn, thank you for stopping by today. I'm so glad you could join me. Great to be here. Always great to be here. We're in a, a beautiful bar. <laughs> One of the many owned by Courtney's boyfriend. Fuck off. But she loves him, she loves him for because he's sweet and funny. <laughs> Steve is such an asshole about this. I have, I have never dated anyone if, for their money. If you're a babe, wouldn't you date a restaurateur? That's what I would do. You said yourself it is a very sexy quality. I think, yeah, yeah, I think it's just it's sexy for a man to own a bunch of things. But I do like, I think the It's re- like a creative, he like comes up with the concepts and. Sure. It's, I, it, to me, it's like the same as like producing a show. It, the process is like very similar. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I love the restaurant bar business totally. I like really do. I'm, I'm a bartender. And if I wasn't doing stand up comedy stuff, I would just be in the business because I think it's such a cool. You get to work with charismatic people. You get to make a bunch of money. There's a ton of cash involved. So I, I would appreciate if you could stop throwing shade. I can't help it. <laughs> I can't. I love when a babe dates a rich guy, <laughs> even though I don't know if he's rich or not. But he has successful restaurants. We're we're recording in a in a restaurant in the daytime with nobody around. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it yeah. looks good in here. Yeah, it feels good in here. So what's going on with you? Um, let's spill let's the see. Oh yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's been a bunch of cut things since uh, since we did. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I've lost like 30 pounds. You have. Yeah. I you mean, look you, good. You wouldn't notice because you just like me for my face. I do but, like uh, you <laughs> for your face. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we went on a Julie and I went on this big crash diet. It's called a potato hack, and so we ate nothing but boiled potatoes for two Anytime weeks. you eliminate all other like food groups, yeah. you're going to lose a shit ton of weight. You can do it with beans. You can do it with anything. But uh, yeah, those two weeks, uh, two in two weeks, I lost 25 pounds. And started molesting children. <laughs> <laughs> Jared joke, guys. That's not a callback to a me molesting children joke. <laughs> so that feels great. Uh, yeah, I'm just eating vegetables and beans right now. Uh, I'm trying to not get fat again, but I, I feel great. But the big news is on Sunday, this is, I hate this, uh, I, uh, I got T-boned in my car, and this is the fourth... Right before we went to Jumbo's. Right before we went to Jumbo's. You're going to hear all about that. But I, I got in my fourth car accident in five months. I never was in an accident before. Fuck. And uh, I think I'm going to just stop driving now. What are you going to do? How are you going to get around? Well, I'm spending about $600 a month, if not a little more, uh, on driving. So I figure that... I think I can just lift places, and, and it'll be a mere two thousand dollars. <laughs> well, no, even if it's four hundred, I'm still saving a couple hundred bucks a month on driving, right? But how are you going to get from LA to West Covina? That's easy. I uh, I live right by a red stop, and then at the oh. Union Station, I can take in the the MetroLink drops off a block from the Chatterbox. You know what? I had car issues a few years back, and I took the Metro like a lot for a period of time. And I gotta say, there were a few times it killed me, but and there wasn't even Uber back in the day, yeah. which would make it way easier. But for the most part, it was really chill and not that bad. Yeah, you just have to plan more. 
Um, you have to plan more, and you have to. It'll take a little bit more time to get to places. But uh, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. I've in my. We just found out like an hour or two ago that they're totaling my car. So I said, if they total my car, then I'm just gonna keep whatever money they give me and just switch over to this. But if if they don't, then I'll just keep driving. But I, you know, I want to. I'm someone who gets paid to think a lot, and I think walking the city and being close to the city, uh-huh. and riding the subway, and we have Lyft now. It's not the same thing as maybe 10 years ago in LA. And I think there's more. I know more and more people who are giving up their cars uh-huh. uh, in order to to just live this way. I just have to get over. It. I, you feel like a loser not having a car in LA. It's okay. I mean, we, so when we moved in, uh, then he was like, I'm downsizing everything. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, because you have to get rid of all your shit when you consolidate. Um, he was this like. This is Wade moving in. I think they're moving in after four months of dating or six no, months. No, like eight. Get out of here. All right, we'll get to that. <laughs> Go on. Um, but he thought about getting rid of his car and it actually wasn't, it didn't seem like that big of it because one of us would have a car. Yeah. You know, all you need is, like, one, and the other thing can be arranged. It's more thinking about it. Yeah. It's uh, more and, planning. And, uh, yeah, and Julia's like, oh, I don't care. I, I mean, she we spend a lot of time together, and she's a comedian also, so we go to the same places. Uh-huh. And if I was dating still, I think I would be driving. I wouldn't even think like this because I would have to hate to explain to women about <laughs> all this shit. Just like, oh, it's a choice, and all that. Like, this motherfucker has a DUI. <laughs> No, I promise. Uh, but I think more and more people do. But like I said, I do kind of, I do feel like I might be perceived as a loser or I would, f- I will feel like a loser. I'm also just don't care. I hate the feeling of being taken advantage of. Yeah. And uh, I think right now if I'm paying six hundred, and I hadn't really even realized it because it's been banged in your head so much. You need a car. You need a car. That paying $600 a month to drive is like so much money. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, yeah. If on. the money works out, I mean, it, it, it would have, you're right. Ten years ago, it would have been a different question because there wasn't Uber. There wasn't Lyft. The Metro wasn't as extensive as it is and soon will be even more. So, yeah, it doesn't seem like a terrible option right now. I could walk more. I can get a bike. I mean, I, mean, I know I'm saying this now and it's summer, so it's just going to be hot as shit. But I guarantee you I'll lose more weight. And this world's Hollywood's ready for a Latino action hero. And if this is my origin story, <laughs> I love it. I will cash in. Let that be my origin story. Heard it here it first. Started, yeah, that it all started with that. So I'm ready for that. How um, are you? I'm good. Uh, yeah, I've been. We're we're happy. It's like <laughs> you can't stutter when you say we're it's, happy. <laughs> no, it's the it's like nesting. It's like un, almost too beautiful and happy well you're in your honeymoon phase yeah i mean when did when did wade move in mm, six weeks ago six weeks ago so yeah it's wonderful right you eat yeah. like so many meals together right yeah we let we have sex all the time yeah we just like love hanging out when was the last time you lived with a man it's been a while because i didn't live with my last boyfriend my last serious boyfriend um and the one before that we lived together in like the first six months after we started dating, we moved in together and then we lived together for like two years in the first iteration of our relationship. And then we broke up and we got back together and we didn't live together. So, that, and that was like six years ago. Yeah. You're like a different person. now. I'm right? a totally different person. And this feels like a totally different situation. Like I was like playing house before or whatever. And this is like, no, I'm like a grown up who, <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of a grown up. Is there something gross that you can't do anymore or something that you can't do anymore that, that you haven't told Wade about that he lives with you? Uh, no. I mean, for like three days, I was like, I don't know about pooping in the house. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm over that. Like, you know, you got to poop when you got to poop. <laughs> in your own house. For, do you guys only have one bathroom? Yeah. You, do you use matches? What do you use? I use matches. Okay, yeah. I'm a lady We use it. matches too. And then when you smell the match, I'm like, ooh, what do you do? <laughs> you, te- you start joking about you it. You tease each fun. other. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Then it's, yeah, then <laughs> it's fun. Cute. Yeah. Uh, my, I mean, my ex-wife was, she... Uh, I'm not used to, like, this is the one thing I've got a double standard about, I think. This is kind of a joke. Are you going to so say, I'm, like, farting in yeah, front of each farting. other? I'm not into that either. Both, both of him and I both feel that way. We're just like, let's keep it 
Except I like <laughs> fart all the time. And I'm not like trying to be funny about it, but I'm just going to fart, you know? And so I'm like, yeah, I'll just fart. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but you if know, she does, fine. you're like but gross. She, well, she hasn't yet. And my ex-wife, we were together for eight years. She only did it twice. And she felt <laughs> terrible about both times. And that's oh why I go to the grave loving that woman. Because she did the right thing. Now. But it, Julie's not letting it rip either. As long as no one's doing it to be funny. I don't think, I just don't think it's fun. I don't like scatological humor. I just don't I, like I it. I get you. But if she's got a fart, I mean, it's so, such a funny thing because I'm, a, I, you know, I'm 39 years old, almost 40. And I looked at her one time and I was like, are there times, I asked her this, I was like, are there times when you need to fart, but you, you don't? And she's like, yes. And I, and I was like, my heart like grew for her in love. But I was also, please don't do that. I was like, if you need a fart, can you please fart? I don't want... You to fucking hold it into me. Oh, my God. You know, she's this beautiful woman who needs to let it rip every now and then. Yes, I, totally. Okay. Don't keep... And This is funny, too. I was coming up with this I, this game that we'll play in a future episode because we did not get, it, get to it in the interview, but I was uh, coming up with topics for this, like, interview game, and I showed him to Wade, and I was like, do you have any other ones? And he was like... Farted in front of your partner. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're thinking about that. <laughs> so he hasn't yet either? No, he, but not. So he has. He has, but just a few times. Yeah, you could tell it just escaped him. He's not, tr- yeah, he's not trying to let that happen. <laughs> anyway. How do you guys, uh, how do you guys do money stuff? You just split the rent down the, down the middle? Or wait, oh, you, you don't have rent because that's Let's part of it. Let's not get okay, into yeah, that. Don't that. We don't need to do the accounting <laughs> of it. It's fair. It's fair. It's so it is fair. I mean, you got, how do you talk about it? You kind of just take turns paying for things? Um, yeah, I was, I was really, uh, we, I mean, he has more money than I do. Yeah. It's very apparent. I have no money. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty much anyone would have more money than me. Um, and that's obvious. Yeah. And he's really sweet about it. Like I pay whenever when I can, and yeah. like I always try to pay for things like breakfast and things that sure, I know are not thing. gonna like. I want to do the gesture, but like yeah. I can't buy the big dinner. Yeah. But I'll tr- I'll definitely get be- breakfast the next day. Well, that's the thing about dating a restaurateur too. You don't have to ever pay pick up the check at dinner, right? It's always taken care of, kind of, right? At his at his places. Yeah. Oh no, he pays. That's for his business partners out there. <laughs> <laughs> he does pay. He's very, he's, I will say, and this is a very attractive quality because I just, I've worked for sh- shit bags before. I've worked for a lot of shit bags who I don't think they own businesses and I don't think they're like morally on the level. And he totally is. He is so fair with people, even, especially when he has to let them go or something like that. It's like, beyond fair it's almost like unheard of in this day and age for people to like fire people with under the terms that he does and i love that it's like very empathetic to like not let people get into a desperate situation well i met him the other day when we went to jumbos and he has a very sweet spirit and i'm not just saying that i'm pretty good at picking up on energy from people, <laughs> and i like his energy it's very calm and sweet and, and supportive and it feels nice so i'm happy for you thank you yeah um, I'm excited about this interview. Yeah, we had a great time. She's, she's, she's a lovely person. And I feel like we could have kept talking more. Like, I would like to get drinks with her. I think that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What, Kayla Tongay. Yeah. Did I say it right this time? Yeah. Uh, Coco Ono is her uh, stage name. Uh, we've got an awesome interview with her coming up. And it's so interesting because she's such an artist about it. And I don't think, I think there's a spectrum of the kind of people who dance and um there are definitely other people like her but she 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 treats it like an art and it's really cool to hear her talk about oh yeah we talk about uh, she covers we cover everything from uh, food addiction to dating and shame uh men and intimacy uh we had a great talk and a lot of her art c- crosses all those boundaries yeah hope you like it Hey guys, we are here with an awesome interview. I am super excited about this guest, uh, Steve Hernandez, who's also here today. Say what's up, Steve. How are you? (laughs) We actually uh, went to see this guest at Jumbo's 
uh, with our significant others on Sunday. So um, we have Kayla. I'm going to butcher it again. Tongay. <laughs> Tongay. Um, who goes, uh, uses the stage name Coco Ono, which I love. Um, we went to go see her performing at Jumbo's on uh, Sunday. And last Wednesday, I almost saw you at <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bootleg Bombshells. Yes. At the townhouse in Venice, yes. uh, I went with my boyfriend, and we were so hoping to see you, but it was and an I awesome was sick. show anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, my, my stage name at Jumbo's is actually Akira. Oh, um, yeah? Well, you know, we, we couldn't we, find you on the board. We rushed in. I didn't expect it to be uh, Coco. I knew, I knew it would be different. So I was looking at the names. I was like, all right. Uh, dancers usually use. Yeah, I didn't see you. Did I? You? I don't know if you I, saw me. My girlfriend you, and I rushed in. We got here before, so we we rushed in right when your dance started. Okay, okay. And uh, we started throwing as much money as fast as we could because <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I don't think she's gonna dance again, so I just want to hurry up. It was, and throw it was money towards at the end of the night. Yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. Ran, we rushed in there. We got there probably. About I actually saw you look through the list like this. Yes, Kiki was. It was. That's Kiki. how I knew it was you because I saw you going. Yeah, yeah, very a very white woman. She that you didn't. She acted it out, but a very white woman looking for a name on a list at a at a dance club. Squinting. I'm here to see one specific. Yeah, picture an ant. Picture an ant looking for her kid's name on which class she'll be in it for the elementary school. I looked cool. Okay, she did actually did not look cool. But I was like, I was looking too, but I was doing it in a laid back fashion, real cool, casual. Uh, and I was like, okay, I know her. I, her name will probably be kind of a racist name, or How not. Did you not guess? <laughs> just because that's what dancers usually do, right? Yeah. Well, you have to make it easy for. Yeah, people. that's what I mean. It's exactly. not like it's not like you're trying to cash in on racism, but it's like I want people to remember my name. So if I I'm of Asian descent, I'm gonna like if I was a Latina, I would pick Lupe or something like that, or Guadalupe or some yes yeah, something. But yeah, so, I'm, and you I know. saw Akira, and I was like, I bet you she's Akira. Was there any other name that? That, that would have been an. I think there was one more name I thought maybe it was Kiki. that one. Maybe it was Kiki? Yeah. I thought it could have been Kiki. Uh, Kiki's has, actually British, though. Oh, see? Oh. And that makes sense. There yeah. was. I was looking for you, too, and I uh, tapped on one of the girls, and she looked at me like, I. <laughs> there's no other. Me. I don't think there's any other girls with the Asian names, but I've been dancing for 12 years. 12 years? How old are you when you started? 22. So. I'm 34 now. Damn. Man, if you would have told me you were 25, I would believe you. That's <laughs> totally. a fact. So I've been dancing for 12 years. Yeah. And when I started, I got that name because um, I was working a retail job, living with a million roommates who were all male and very into anime. <laughs> and um, I love them. They're my brothers. And um, so they thought it was hilarious when I said, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a stripper. Help me with the name. And, you know, things like Ling and uh, I can't remember some of the other names <laughs> that we, like, just thought were, would be throwing up in the air. And they were like, how about Akira? Because they were in an anime. And that was the first anime I ever what saw. What character is that? Like, what's the character like? Um, the, it's like a guy. It's actually like a guy. It's a guy's name in Japan. Oh. The Akira is a man's name in Japan. So, which I also thought was... Yeah, I love that. To use. So, um, yeah, they were basically like, you know, they're much more knowledgeable about anime than I am. And they But they basically you, picked that name for me. So that's my story. That's an awesome name. I you love know, it. I don't, uh, I like anime, but I don't know a lot of the anime that they know the history I don't know any of anime. All, so much anime. <laughs> yeah. So it was mostly like I got the name from them, um, even though it's a great movie. Um, now, you said you've been beautiful. dancing for uh, 12 years. Uh, how long have you been dancing at Jumbo's, and how is Jumbo's different than a, a traditional strip club? If it is. Um, I've been dancing. Uh, I started dancing at Jumbo's a couple months after I started dancing. Oh, but wow. in between so yeah. Jumbo's, I've been dancing at a lot of other clubs, like here and Vegas. So... Um, are they mostly like the upscale? Because Jumbo's is no, pretty. I've, Jumbo's is like a nice ex, experience. Like experience, you go Jumbo's in there. Is um, they play more, Beatles a bikini songs? bar? <laughs> it's a bikini bar now. Um, it used to be 
uh, pasties. And um, when I worked in uh, Vegas, I mean, I've worked basically at every type of club you can imagine, like from you have to wear a gown and like clear heels and they have a makeup artist. And like, I mean, it's like you're wearing a full gown Do you, the whole time <laughs> floor length gown no you take it off on stage but uh. on the floor like they it's um it's very upscale and you pay a hundred dollars to work there and yeah it's interesting it's it's interesting and then I've worked at places um that are um <laughs> the complete opposite of that <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine what that is <laughs> uh so yeah there's a range of places, which I'm grateful for because um, I feel like I do a lot of things for the experience. Yeah, t- I totally get so, that. Because how can you judge something if you don't exactly know what you're judging, if you've never experienced it? At least if you experience it, then you can have an opinion about it. So I love in the interview that uh, that I found you through, You, it seems like that's like a big part of your art is exploring like the spectrum of uh, performance venues for women's sexuality and women's sexuality in general. Is that always been a part of? Um, I've, I think since uh, I was in high school, I've always, um, even though I was a virgin till I moved to LA, (laughs) I was always like exploring um, just different aspects of the idea of reinventing yourself uh-huh. as uh, different characters. So um, I remember ever since I was young, I would dress my friends up and dress myself up um, as these really over-sexualized characters, even though we didn't really know what that meant. Um, and uh, taking photographs, basically just doing our own little mini performances. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, when I moved to L.A., I just... I don't know, it was always um, like an art form to me mm-hmm. because it was very different than my actual personality. Mm-hmm. So to me, um, dressing up to be this over-sexualized, like fantasy character is, um, you know, it's, ac- it's acting to it me. Is. Yeah. It, it's, and it's acting and it's um, a way of self-expression. Um, obviously these are parts of ourself uh-huh. that we're still acting out, but... Um, think there's uh there's something really liberating about being able to do that I I think my favorite character that was highlighted in that piece was the uh nun uh confessions character yeah can you tell me about that project that um came about because um I had been dancing for 10 years and uh I wanted to do something with um information that I was getting like I realized after 10 years of dancing like what was the common theme um, of like why people kept coming back and why I kept coming back because I I love to perform um, but I also loved meeting all these different types of people who came to these bars and would tell a complete stranger like horrific stories about their childhood and life and uh, during a lap dance during a lap dance but they would end up not even getting a lap dance they would end up just telling me like their wife committed suicide their parents were dying um they were cheating on their wives or their wives was cheating you know their wife was cheating on them or they had children from someone other woman or you know like so many stories that um i felt honored to hear just like a lot of deep shit that a lot of deep shit people don't normally things feel like they had been molested about. they'd seen their mom their parents murdered or different horrific stories that you don't share you know on a day-to-day basis at your job and so they would come in and tell me these stories and I yeah like I said I was so honored that they would share these personal stories with me so then I started this project um where I wanted to do a performance that kind of um, represented all those things. And so the first one was Confession Box, or um, I had some friends of mine build um, a giant box with like a slit in it, and I sat in it for 
for a period of time and had people write anonymous confessions and then I would write them out on the inside of the box so then everybody could read them but they were anonymous but then it evolved into me reading the confessions and then it involved evolved into me um, making fake money and having people write their confessions on the back of these fake dollar bills and basically like making it rain on me with this fake money and confessions in the nun costume, the nun costume while stripping so it's like so many yeah so many layers um (laughs) you know like the nun represents like this pure character and like purifying yourself through confession but also um it represents just me as a person i would take long times of celibacy in my life Uh even even though i was in this very hyper sexualized world of dancing and so um it was just it just represents a lot of different things but mostly it represents like me giving a voice to these people you know and their stories interesting is that is that your favorite character did you have a favorite character in that article steve oh no i was intrigued and i i still am intrigued by all of these things i i how do you um i just love that you say that you're honored by the fact that uh the these people share this with you how, how is it um how hard is it to not uh, hate men during the show? <laughs> I, I knew this was going to come. I mean, because I, 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 I think it would be From hard. the man in well, the room. You just, you, from the man. you just said you were honored. And I, I mean, it, and you told me that you'd been, you said you've been dancing and you've danced in every kind of club. I, I think for me. I mean, every kind of club. Yeah, I believe you're every kind of club. And I, and, uh, I, I believe if I were a woman and I were experiencing that, I, I think it would be hard for me to not hate men en masse. Uh, but you, <laughs> I, I think so because you see a lot of a, the gross part of them in a lot of ways. I, things I, I say are gross, but you choose to look at it uh, in such a positive way. Did you always feel this way, or did you make some choice at some point? And also, your uh, the origin story sounds like it was a very easy, natural decision for you to make to enter the the to start stripping. Well, I mean, the reality is, I was working a retail job <laughs> making. 725 an hour and it's just not enough money so I was like I need to make money this is ridiculous and I started dancing and then I realized like wow there's so much more to dancing than dancing <laughs> like so much more than what you just look like you know people um like these men which is funny because I think I actually started dancing hating men and it's really helped me understand people a lot better. It's actually made me appreciate um, different types of people, especially men. Like the complexities behind. The complexities, yeah. And the, the fact that um, I think we live in a society where like men are not encouraged to talk about their feelings. Mm. And so it's like for me to actually see these feelings makes me have a different perspective than I think the rest of the world, um, which I find interesting, that it changed my perspective because you would think it's the opposite because these men are coming from a place of lust that it would actually make me disgusted by them. But, it, you know, I'm not saying that it's, it's all, <laughs> you know, rainbows <laughs> and flowers. Yeah, it's, sure, it's not. Sure, yeah. It's not. And sometimes we are treated horrible and completely disrespectful uh-huh. and, you know, We've heard it all. Sometimes they say horrible things to us, so I'm not saying, oh, it's just changed every, everything's great. Um, it's, it's not, but it changed my perspective a lot. And I think, um, for the most part, it's made me appreciate men a lot more. It's like the empathy is what leads to the positivity. Sure. I mean, sex is the only place in uh, a lot of times where men are able to, that, that, that's an okay place for us to express. Oh, yeah. That's our true. intimacy and our emotions. That's the only That's true. place where we can to be that. vulnerable. Yeah, and uh, so it makes sense to me that that this happened with you a, a lot of times. But yeah, I, I think I would hate men. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, I loved all the. Okay, so some of your other characters are a substitute art teacher, <laughs> a sex education mime, prom queen turned dominatrix, <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson, Prince. And Andy Warhol. And, wow. and in that Prince character, you talk about your love food. for Prince, of course, but you talk about the <laughs> fetishization of food. Yes. Can you please talk about that a little more? Because I'd love to hear what you mean when you say that. And if that if that is something that 
that you personally fetishize with, so I, or fetishize. I, oh, I do. It's related to the nothing compares to you, right? You use it through the nothing compares to you. It's hilarious. I lo- it's so yeah. funny. That was I laughed out loud when I read that part. <laughs> I well, my sister and I, when we were little, we would um, stay up watching tv super late and we would have like midnight snacks where we would pull like everything out of the fridge and like lay it on the counter and be like this (laughs) (laughs) so i think it's just always been like a thing but then it really started to become a a thing when i was like i'd gone through like a series of bad relationships and i was like you know what and that's where this whole taking like year off of just being celibate i was like yeah but then, of course, we replaced one vice with another, and mine happened to be food <laughs> and art, which, you know, in, I guess, in, like, a non... Everything can be an addiction, but it's, like, if you are excessive about it, where it's, like, I'm locking myself in my apartment, like, sewing for 14 hours straight, gorging yeah. myself with cakes, and, like, you know, that's not okay right. either. Right. So then I had to make a joke about it. <laughs> no, so then I started, I have this other one where I handcuff myself to a burrito and I'm wearing a wedding dress. <laughs> so I'm like marrying my burrito, but the, the handcuffs are diamonds. Like they're like rhinestone. So that, yeah, it's so creative. But I what? mean, stuff like that where it's like, it's like funny, but if you look at the deeper meaning, it's actually from like a place of like deep pain. S- sorrow, yeah. Yeah, where you're like, eating yourself to death yeah like yeah i deal with food stuff all the time and and the more and more i'm getting into it the more i understand like oh this country has a really fucked up relationship with food oh my god we do and sex oh of course yeah of course sex and that's why uh that's why we have all these weird taboo ideas and everything right and and then we try to compartmentalize and then judge people and then there's shame behind that judgment so then of course we like do all these things behind closed doors like it's just yeah yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You refer to in your art in uh, this article about you. They did. You did mention that. Oh, yeah. It, it looks all the stuff I talk about is sexual in nature, but it's very few of it. Uh, it's not rarely that much about, it isn't about sex. Exactly. Yeah. It's rarely about sex. It's actually, about just like the human condition and like things that we go through. I think on a daily basis, it's like we go through death and and like food and eating disorders and uh, you know. Uh, just pain and sorrow these like things but it's like you have to present it in a way that's entertaining and funny i think sometimes for people to like um catharsis yeah to have a connection it's like you're entertaining them but then you're like i understand you yes yes the other laugh out loud line in this (laughs) is uh there's like pictures of you from the piece socially acceptable drug the performance features a leaf blower a hamburger and ketchup. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Is that part of the food fetish piece? That was my first food piece. I um, just ate like uh, McDonald's like Big Mac meal on stage in this really glamorous outfit and I just but I was eating like disgusting it sounds like but not even like (laughs) not like glamorous you know like on the commercials but like just pounding eating like like where I'm like being sick almost and I mean that's kind of um I think that's just kind of what we do we like you know there's eating contests um where I actually saw a pot sticky pot sticker eating contest where like the champion ate like 265 potstickers in 10 minutes or something. And it was like, can you beat 265 (laughs) potstickers in 10 minutes? And I was like, we have hot dog eating content. Yeah. yeah. And I think uh, binging is like, I, I had a binging sort of issue in high school because I felt I was in this little town and I didn't feel like I could leave until like I, there was a clock that I had to wait to count down until I could leave. And it was like a way that I could have control for just like a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Explain that little clock thing to me. What what clock? It was just like, I couldn't leave until I was 18 and I graduated high school or whatever. And so I had to wait for, you know, all, all the sands of that time to fall. 
and it, it was killing me, you yeah. know? It was like, I wanted to leave so bad, so that was a means of escape for a minute. Oh, yeah. It is a control thing, too, because you, the act of putting something in your body, you have complete control. So even if you're gorging yourself and you're sick, you're still you making yourself sick, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? So. And, you know, my, all my food stuff probably started when I was young, and I, I came from an abusive background, and I, I just, one time I thought about that little guy, and I was like, well, that's actually pretty smart just to, sh I mean, all that sugar rush or fat or whatever, mm -hmm. to just make yourself feel different. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. anything to make yourself feel different. Anything. Yeah, I mean, I was like, geez, that's pretty smart. I mean, it, just It's to, like, because you, you're like, I can feel something. Yeah. It's like, I actually have the sensation of, of enjoying this food, and this is the only thing that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's why so, social, socially acceptable drug is, like, such a profound title. It's like, it's like it is. It's fine. <laughs> We're allowed to eat. We have to eat. Yeah. That's well, the thing about food issues. But it's not okay if you see, you know, if you see someone smoking a joint, even smoking a joint, it's become okay, but you don't see people openly doing drugs. Right. It's not okay. Alcohol's okay. Even cigarettes, but drugs are not, which but I still, don't think you drugs were, should be you illegal were, anyways. If you were excessively drinking, people would be like, oh, that's a thing that you're not supposed to, but food in excess is really hard to identify and... Right. Well, and our country is slowly dying from it, too. Right. I mean, exactly. if, if there's an obesity epidemic, and uh -huh. instead of uh, cutting out things, we're just, everyone's getting more blood pressure medicine. And yeah, everything. Just I know. It's, hor it's it. horrible. Yeah. Um, so, so you started stripping, and then how lo long after that did you get into these, like, more elaborate performance art pieces? Um, I... I would say I mean I would say the performance arts of something I always like imagined doing or wanting to do or I, or I before. did it in a more like still photography type way mm -hmm. but I didn't really bring it um, on stage until maybe like you know four or five years ago when uh, Lulu from Bootleg Bombshells I've been doing this show for four years but um, I didn't do burlesque for many years I stopped because I, after I started dancing, I started doing burlesque kind of right after. But then uh -huh. there was a period of four or five years I didn't do anything except dance. Um, and uh, then, yeah, Lulu from the Bootleg Bombshells, she was already doing the show at Townhouse for a couple months. And she asked me to come on. And I just didn't want to do burlesque anymore. And she's like, no, it's different. It'll be great. Like, if you don't, you can just do it once. If you hate it, you never have to come back. Uh -huh. Promise. Uh -huh. oh. And I've literally been doing it ever since. It's oh. been four years. I've been doing, started with every other Wednesday, and then it was every Wednesday. So for the past four years, that's my family. I love them. And, it's a and really fun show. most of those show. girls I actually met through Jumbos, because they've either all worked there. Most of them have worked there or um, been associated with Jumbos in some way. So it's, 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 it's great. But yeah, it's, it's very, it. but it's so, such a different experience. Like, it's the so jumbos. performative. Yeah, it's, it's great, because you, like, did you go to uh, the I haven't seen the bomb Okay, shows. so, but I'm glad you guys got to see Jumbos, and then you saw the contrast. Yeah. Oh, so different. I'm going to go, though. Now I'm going to go to the bomb show. I don't always know that I'm a stand-up, and they have the big show before. Yeah, do you ever do that show? Yeah, yeah I do that show. Oh, Zeno Bronson. Yeah, I know yeah. Bronson. Oh, so, yeah. great. So they have the, the burlesque afterwards. You have I've to never let me know when you do that. Yeah, well, yeah. in fact, I'll call Bronson, and I'll book a date, and then I'll just hang out afterwards. Will you please? Yeah, and then maybe we can come early. and then. Absolutely. Well, I, I do want to take my girlfriend. She would love to, because we love Oh, my God. That would be such a Julia would love that. We'll go with you. There you go. Yeah, that would be such a fun night. Yeah. yeah. Margaret, uh, they had Margaret Cho uh, two weeks ago. Oh, yeah? yeah. She Margaret's so great. Yeah. Margaret Cho? They had Margaret Cho two weeks oh, ago. Oh, I love yeah. that. Um, that the confession piece, you, you even did at Art Basel? Is that? Yeah, I performed during Art Basel. They have all these, like, you know, parties and events going throughout. Um, the piece I did was in. Um, Winwood Arts District. I don't know. Don't uh, know I'm what not that familiar. Area is. Um, it's the area where they paint all the walls. Like they do, like a ton of like street murals during that time. But um, yeah, I performed at a place called uh, Gab Studios, and we did it um, like on the sidewalk, basically. So it was, it was really cool. It sounds rad. Yeah. Yeah. Like and s such a legit like art world experience. Like, oh, it was. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. 
Um, what do you think is are, is are or is the biggest uh, misconception about dancing and dance or dancers or the lifestyle? Um, I think the biggest misconception is uh, the relationships that we have um, with each other, like our moral uh, standpoints. I think that people assume that because of what we do is, um, you know, hypersexual, that we have no morals mm-hmm. or that we stab each other in the back or that we don't value our relationships, which is actually, I think, the opposite. Mm-hmm. I think because we've already have everything out on the table that's supposedly taboo, um, that we don't have moral. A lot of us, we've already gotten that part out of our system. You know, we're like, this is who I am. This mm-hmm. is what I do. Mm-hmm. This is all the weird stuff I'm into. Like, take it or leave it, you know? Right. And I think that having that out of the way um, makes for really authentic relationships with each other and um you know we help each other out like we've had fundraisers for girls that have had surgeries and you know if we're giving clothes away we donate them to each other we have parties where we exchange clothing we visit each other in the hospital or like like bring each other stuff when we're sick or customers i have to say that's and that's another thing is that customers yes there's a lot of crazy creepy customers yes there, a lot of us have been stopped or, you know, have had many issues with customers. But my art shows, for example, like I would say the majority of people are customers that have come to, over the years that have known, that have seen an evolution of the work that I'm doing and they like support it. And so that's another misconception is that we're just, you know, taking money from these guys. We're hustling them. And, you know, they just want to sleep with us. Maybe that's true. Maybe not. But there's, like, a real friendship there. And it's a friendship that is not understood, I think, in the rest of the world. Uh That don't understand, like, these really complex relationships that are developed there. I don't think think it's too different. I'm a bartender, and I don't think it's, it's too just, different th- from that. As, yeah, a lot it's, of times it's very are, similar yeah, to Yeah, a lot of times there's just customers, and, oh, I really appreciate you. But then after a while, sometimes it's like, oh, I like this person. People. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to see certain people when they yeah. come in. I miss them when they don't exactly. come in. Exactly. And, uh, and you actually check on them if they don't come in. If you don't see someone for a couple of weeks or a month, you're like, hey, are you okay? <laughs> Is everything cool? And they're like, oh, man, I've been sick, or, you know, I had a death in the family or something. And it's like... They're just normal people a lot mm-hmm. of times that go through the same thing that everyone else does. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, you totally get it. Yeah. Does it present any tra- challenges to your dating and relationship life, your romantic life? <laughs> <laughs> sigh. She took a deep breath and sighed. Uh... uh are you in a relationship right now? No, I my relationship is with my work. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think Steve and I can say I, yeah. we are both in relationships, so you, yeah. but it and you do feel like you have a large relationship with your work when oh, you're a creative it's, it's person. That's what I was yeah. gonna say. So you guys are both creative people and have relationships, and you both do like I, I consider what I do like type of acting yes and i know you guys do yeah. stand up and well, acting, you do so. you're an artist as well it's just, this is my priority i didn't if i wanted if my relationships were my priority romantic relationships i would stay in my hometown there's like no reason to be out here but right now the relationships that i have they, have they understand to, they understand and they have to go along with whatever i'm doing i mean not they it's the same thing for Wade too right but yeah but it's like he loves that about me of you course. know like you he have this wouldn't, life he, w- I don't think he would want that to be different. So it's just like, yes, it's you're always accepting things about your partner. I think, uh, but this is just a big piece of baggage almost because it's like it's not going anywhere. Yeah, this isn't. Going, yeah, <laughs> this, not, is, you know, this isn't it, going anywhere. It's like Paul, we're in polyamorous relationships, and this is <laughs> will forever be our primary. And so you're welcome to come along, and I really like you, and I think I love you, and the sex is amazing, obviously. But uh, you have to be okay with the fact that I'm married to this thing. Yeah. I mean, I have been in a lot of relationships that, um, you know, held me back or I let the relationship hold me back from um, 
my true purpose in this life, which mm -hmm. um, I do believe that everybody has one and we just need to find it. And, um, and we don't belong in relationships that aren't supportive of any kind. So whether that's a sexual relationship or a friendship, I just yeah. think that there's no need to be, um, to spend any time on anybody that's not going to be supportive of um, you Your being the best. actualization yes. You being the best person that you can be, yeah. Exactly. Um, what do you think, I mean, ostensibly there's no timeline when you have to retire, but is there a next chapter that or you like could Tempest see? Storm was like, what do you see? What do you what see do as see the next chapter um, after? Is there no after? I mean, because the art can go on forever. I mean, sex right. can too, but I would honestly, um, I would like to be in. Uh, profession that I can help other people uh -huh. doesn't necessarily have to be women specifically but um, helping people in some way so I, I don't know if that's art related like I do I'm starting to do like film work uh -huh. um, like making short films and stuff with a couple of friends of mine so I think I would go in the direction of pursuing more producing kind of producing stuff um and uh, yeah, definitely going in the direction of like helping people. Like I'm, a, I don't know if, I don't think it says it in the interview, but I'm, I'm adopted from Korea. And um, so I'm currently pursuing a lot of work with like Korean adoptees. So I would do ah. things like that. Like I'm, I'm interested in social issue type work. So yeah. I don't know what that looks like at this moment or what it's gonna evolve. But that's like my goal is a, to a like- A passion of yours? Yeah, is to like, probably stop dancing at some point and then <laughs> move, move to, you know. I would think it would be a hard thing to stop. To stop. Well, the, I mean, the money's got to be pretty great, right? No. <laughs> I mean, really? it's got to be at least bartender money, right? It's, it's okay sometimes, yeah. It's decent. It used to be great, but right now it's... It's okay. Jeez, we're not making. It's so funny. As get out there. <laughs> get out there and support the local right. dancers. Support your local. <laughs> support your local dancers. <laughs> this is a PSA. <laughs> oh my god. So but funny. I mean, no. It's. I would say it is the best money. Yeah. That you could make in the amount of time that we are at the bar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, which allows us to pursue a lot of our dreams and I'm very grateful for that so I accept the good days and the bad days you know I'm sure some days you have an amazing customer and you're like this is the greatest job in the world if I could have a shift like this you know every week I could oh, yeah. no I mean it's it's, yeah, it's, it's so similar like I, I feel the exact same way I feel so blessed I've been bartending at my job for 10 years and I feel blessed how much money I make it's not the most money in the world or anything but for the days I work this and how much I'm able to pull I'm so grateful that it allows me to free up all my time to do stuff that I really love to do. Yeah. And like being here during the day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on a Wednesday. Yeah. Totally. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much for stopping by. Yeah. This is awesome. Where can people find you? Uh, well, tonight, they can, Wednesdays, um, bootleg bombshells are at Townhouse Venice at midnight. And the doors are around 11.30. It's a free show, and we encourage tipping, and the bar staff, and the owner, and I mean, it's, it's just a it's great bar. It's such good energy. It's, yeah, it's just a great bar. It's one of my favorite places to perform in LA, and yeah, I, I can't even like say enough. Like, they're just, <laughs> I just love them. They're just so great. Um, and then Sundays, you're always at Jumbo's? I've been Is that at your Jumbo's. regular thing? I don't have a regular schedule there. It changes all the time. Um, but I have been there Sundays. Um, Can they look up on a website who's dancing that night? I know it's on the board. I, that's a good question. Just I, text. Uh, anybody can reach out to me. I will crawl down right, a couple blocks. I'll look at the board like such a nerd. <laughs> Take a picture. And I'll text you back. Um, I mean, this is the thing. I believe that they were doing that on the Facebook page. I'm not sure now. But if you follow 
like I think the best suggestion is to find the girls that you like and follow them on Instagram because they mm-hmm. and I mean, your, your we're, Instagram's off the chain. Anyway. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so definitely we're do we're that. usually pretty good about promoting ourselves, so um, yeah, because that's that's what you got to do these days. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then uh, you're doing like a festival, a burlesque, fe- Asian burlesque. I'm doing Asian burlesque extravaganza in New York on May twentieth at the Highline Ballroom. Cool. And it is produced by Calamity Chang and Thirsty Girl Productions. And I'm super excited to do that because it's my first time doing this show. And then I'm uh, performing at a couple other places in New York. Um, The Slipper Room, uh, Sapphire, and uh, Hotel Chantel. So. Rad. Yeah. Well, awesome. Steve, where are you? Oh, you can find me at Big Hern on Twitter, Hernia on Instagram. Hernia. <laughs> That's my favorite That's great, thing ever. It's a great <laughs> You got to use what you got. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. Oh, you guys, she was great. Wasn't she great? <laughs> you got The whole summer is just stacked with just amazing people. So I hope you stay tuned. As always, follow the show Reality Bites Pod on all the socials. Bites with a Y, always with a Y. Uh, send your digital heart stuff, your questions, your quandaries, your compliments, maybe your criticism. Actually, you know what? Hold that to yourself. Uh, but send send everything else to realitybitespod at gmail.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Let's call this Five Star Friday. You know what? If you like the show, just... Go to iTunes, just click five stars, uh, make everybody happy, especially me. (laughs) Tell all your friends about it. We'll be back on Tuesday with an all-new episode. Uh, It's just mere days away. Uh, So have a good weekend. Love you guys. Love each other. I stole that from my ex-boyfriend on his podcast. That's terrible. Anyway, uh, have a good weekend, you guys. Bye. University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.